You know, we, we've been talking about next level, and I'm going to talk about a, a final step tonight in taking the next level. You know, hitting the steps right is important, aren't they? Some of you who are a little grayer, I'm learning that. When you're 14 and you miss a step, it doesn't matter. When you're 55, it's life-threatening or muscle-stretching threatening. Uh, not, not laughing about this at all, but did, did you see really what happened to Hillary Clinton in India? We have a pic. That's Hillary right there. She was, she was going down some steps, and two times she, she did that. She either missed a step or whatever. She was on her I Hate Men tour in India. I didn't mean that politically at all, but, I mean, she doesn't like my gender, I don't think. But anyway, it has nothing to do with anything. I'm just teasing. So, I'm just kidding. How you vote's between you and God. That's Anyway, I, was, I saw that I was reminded, you know, missing a step is crucial, isn't it? And we're talking about the next level in spiritual growth, and we've talked a lot about prayer. If you're going to grow as a Christian, it doesn't happen accidentally. You've got to be intentional, develop your prayer life. Continue to grow. Develop your Bible reading. You've got to continue to read your Bible and study your Bible. You continue. You've got to be in church, man. Church is a part of God's plan. Churches are imperfect, just like every other organization, but it's part of God's plan. You've got to learn to share your faith. Evangelism is part of God's plan to taking you to the next level. Serving, getting involved and serving, using your gifts, part of the next level. And tonight, we're going to talk about something really is uh, a next level. This is the last thing we're going to talk about in this series. And that's giving. That's giving. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we have locked the doors. I know you get nervous when we start talking about giving. I'm going to see some of you shaking. Preachers have a joke. You remember as a little kid, here's the church, here's the steeple, open it up, here's the people. Y'all remember that? We always say, here's the church, here's the steeple. And when you ask them to open up the wallet, there goes the people. And there is truth to that. Second Corinthians 9, if you want to grow in Christ and continue to, you can't be a stingy tightwad to God. Amen? That wasn't very strong, but it doesn't matter. That's the truth. That is the truth. Here's the first thing. How you give determines your blessing. Now, that's pretty interesting. This is a neat verse. I think it's a neat verse. Chapter 9, verse 6. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. This is a law of nature. Listen, I don't know how many of you are farmers or want to be farmers, but if you plant 50 acres of corn, you are not going to gather 1,000 acres of crop. Correct? And the guy who plants 50 acres, everything being equal, and the guy who plants 1,000 acres, the guy who plants 1,000 acres gets a lot more corn, don't they? That is a, you're an atheist, that's a law of nature. And God's saying here, it's a law in in spiritual giving. We're going to see more of this as we unpack it tonight. But... But the word sparingly, who, who sows sparingly means stingy. And God's saying here, listen, if you're stingy and how you give, and by the way, I'm talking to you as Christians. You're not a Christian. Hang, hang with me till the end of the message. We're going to try to bring you back to a good spot. We're not trying to get your money. We're crazy after you. But I'm talking to you believers. You, you, how you give determines how you're blessed. He who stingy with God Don't expect to see great things happen, okay? So if that's true, how many of you believe that's true? 
Now, we probably don't want to practice it as much, but we believe it, right? <laughs> Y'all are comically challenged tonight, but that's okay. I know the subject. This is worse than going to the doctor and hearing you got a heart problem. How do we give properly? If, if giving properly is going to have an effect on how we're blessed, don't you want to know how to give properly? Sure you do. Absolutely. I do. So let's begin with this. Number one, you, you don't just give as you see fit. I'm going to give you four things here. And give and you don't just give as you see fit. Verse 7 is confusing. Church members love it because they feel like they can get a discount with God. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, not as the preacher tells them, for God loves a cheerful giver. A lot of confusion here. So does this mean a guy who's making $10 million a week and comes and puts $5 in the plate and he's happy when he does it, that's pleasing God? That's ludicrous. That's not what this means. Folks, when you are interpreting Scripture, context is everything. Context is you don't ever want to just pull Scriptures out here and here. The context, what it's, it's talking about is crucial. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 are talking about the same thing. They're talking about a special offering. They're talking about a special offering that was being taken up. And, and again, I will, some of this I'm going to unfold more as we go. Probably for the second time for the Christians in Jerusalem. who They've been hit by famine. They've been persecuted. A lot of poor people in Jerusalem because that's the major Mecca of Judaism. And so the churches, God through Paul, was, was collecting in multiple churches a special offering. Kind of interesting we're doing that this month as Baptists. The context goes to Acts chapter 11, verse 27 through 30. Acts eleven twenty seven through 30. It says, Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agapus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world. This took place in the day, days of Claudius. This has taken place in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. So the disciples determined, everyone according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. That's the context. So if you ever hear someone say, God doesn't care how you give, just as long as you're happy when you do it, that's that's the verse they're taking, and they're taking it out of context. We don't do anything in the Christian life simply as we see fit. Now, that's the problem. We are. We come to church, what? When it's convenient. We read our Bible if we want to. We pray when it's convenient. We serve if we don't have a thousand other things. You don't do God on your terms, and that would be giving to. So how do we give properly? Here's the first thing, or the second thing in this list, tithe to your church. This isn't going to be the only thing, but this is the beginning thing. This is the first step for giving for a Christian, tithing to your church. Now, I'm going to answer some objections. Here's what some people say. Tithing is the Old Testament law. It does not apply to us anymore. And wrong answer. May get you out of giving 10% in your own mind, but that's not true. Tithing started hundreds of years before the law was ever instituted. I'm going to give you some verses. You can write these down. Some will be on the screens. But in Genesis chapter 14, by the way, that's real early in the Bible. Abraham 14 verse 18 through 20 gives 
Melchizedek, the high priest of Salem, 10% of everything he has. You see a little pattern there. You go to Genesis 28, 22. This is going to be on the screens. It says, and this stone, this is Jacob, which I set up for a pillar shall be God. Now, a pillar doesn't mean like a pillow, like we sleep on. It's a pillar, a monument, not a pillow. You, got, you follow me? Because y'all are getting sleepy. He set up a pillar? No, a pillar. And all of that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you in that need. Way before the law. Now, the law is in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, lots of verses. I'll just give you one. Leviticus 27, 20 talks about tithing and, and that. So what, we get to Jesus' day. Guys, if tithing doesn't apply today, Jesus would have done away with you. agree with that? We always go with Jesus. Preacher, Jesus. Who you go with? Jesus. Amen? You are Jesus. You, see, I said preacher, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> you are Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Okay. In Matthew 23, 23, this is a funny verse. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Didn't Jesus just, he wasn't always PC, was he? For you tithe your mint and dill and cumin, and you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy. Look what he says. And faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Here's, I'm paraphrasing what Jesus is saying. You guys are flat out jerks. Be nice to people. Be fair to people. Be kind to people. You are meticulous in your tithing. You don't have to anymore because I've done away with that. No, he doesn't say that. You should have done that while doing these other things. So tithing didn't go away in the New Testament. Absolutely not. Tithing, what is a tithe? Tithe simply means 10%. means 10%. Where do we give our tithe? I think that's important. We give our tithe to our church, our local church. Here's a scripture you can write down, Malachi 3.10. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. The storehouse were chamber areas in the temple. In Jesus' day, there, in Paul's day, there would have been in the Old Testament no fault whatsoever. I'm not going to tithe to my local place of worship or to the temple. I'm going I'm to send it to a TV ministry, which they didn't have or whatever. I mean, it was always going to start with your local place of worship. Folks, in the New Testament... The word church is found 115 times. What does church mean? Well, the church can mean two things. It can mean the total Christians of all era, of all time, or it means a local body. 95 to 100 times the context clearly dictates the local churches being us here. Organized religion, the church, the local church. And, and the local church is the body and the bride of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to talk about giving to other things in just a moment, but you start by giving a tithe to your church. Do you tithe off the net or the gross? I believe you tithe off the gross because if you ask someone what they make and they make 100000 now you know that gross is that grossly exaggerated amount before Uncle Sam gets his grubby paws into it, right? So you really make about 20000 after taxes, Right. But nobody says, well, I make 20000 If you make 100 or 70 you tithe off your gross. Yes, that's, that's what I do. The Empty Tomb, it's a strange name for a financial group, isn't it? The Empty Tomb, it's a Christian group, and they study all kinds of financial statistics. Here's what they found. These statistics are about three years old, but I guarantee you it's not any difference. Or if it's anything, it's worse. Church members in America 
give 2.5%, 2.56% of their income to total to charitable giving. That includes the church, Red Cross, Gideon's, Life Choices type organization, whatever it is, 2.5%. That's horrible. Now, I'm going to brag on you. Troy, I'm going to brag on First Baptist. I, I talked to Brenda today. She's on some vacation out in Switzerland or somewhere, and I text her. And I said, Brenda, a rough estimate. How many of our church members tithe? And she said, 25%. So I want to say two things. First of all, I am really proud of you guys. I really, I'm not being smart or ugly or sarcastic. Man, think about that. We are way above the national average. Still, that means 75% of us aren't. That's pretty tough, isn't it? Folks, you never know what will happen. We'll see in a moment when you tithe. Billy Graham, the great Billy Graham, just passed away. Billy Graham used to ask people to send money to his ministry, but here's what he always said. He said, you tithe to your church first. You give your 10% to your church. And then if you can, you send money to the Billy Graham ministry. By the way, the Billy Graham ministry never lacked funds. You're a Christian. Your tithe belongs to your church. I won't even address this very much, but if you go, well, I don't trust those people at the church, what in the world are you doing at that church? That's crazy. So you tithe to your church. But here's the thing tonight that's really cool, too. You give above the tithe as you can. You give above the tithe as you can. For some people, the tithe is all you can do. Maybe you start at 5% because you, you're new at this, and you're going to work up to 10% in the future. That, that's okay. But some of us, and many of us in this church, we can give above a tithe as we can. And, and, and I think that's absolutely wonderful. Some of you, you need to bump your tithe to 12 or 15%. But we certainly can give to other ministries. Look in verse 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is a special offering they're raising money for. Scholars believe that Paul was appealing to churches in Macedonia, Asia Minor, Asia, Galatia, Greece, all over the place, and these people in Corinthians. And it seems like that they had already developed in the early church special offerings that were voluntary, but were systematic, and were based on proportionately what you could do. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Because I think that's exactly what the Bible would teach us. Who, are, who should you give above your tithe if you can? Individuals, people who need help, that person on the street that needs some money. Quit worrying so much whether they're going to beat you out of money. Now, if you're giving the same person money every day, help them find a job. But quit worrying so much about everybody's going to beat you out of $10. You give them $10 and they misuse it, that's on them, not on you. Be generous to people. But, hey, here's a thought. How about the Gideons? Isn't that a great cause? Going to be at the back door and over here. Let me just pause and say this. You guys have given me a two-week study leave to study in July for future sermons. I planned this sermon. I believe God gave it to me last July. We didn't know we were going to have a Gideon speaker here until three weeks ago. Isn't that cool? That's how God works. Life choices. I was at the life choices banquet last night. Kathleen said if I would get up tonight and mention this, that she would give me a 10% discount to all life choice ministries this next year. I'm just teasing. Man, life choices. Life choices. I wouldn't really need anything. Ultrasound, maybe. 
There's donuts in there. Well, yeah, we knew that. We... <laughs> Great banquet last night. Man, give to life choices as you can. Hey, Louisiana Tech's a pretty good cause. Grambling's a pretty good cause. Cedar Creek's a pretty good cause. Uh, the Lincoln Parish schools are a pretty good cause. There's a lot. It, just in Ruston, there's so many good ministries. We're taking up what's called the Annie Armstrong uh, offering for home missions here in North America this month. You know what? That's a pretty good offering to give and above and beyond as you can. So what God says, now listen, if this is bothering you tonight, this is probably spiritual. And I'm not trying to be funny. If you give as you should, these sermons don't bother you. If I hear a preacher preach on tithing, it doesn't bother me at all. Not because I'm perfect, it's just I do it. If I hear a preacher preach on adultery, it doesn't bother me. I'm too afraid of my wife and God. <laughs> I hear a preacher preach on gluttony. I have to go to the restroom and never come back, right? We all have our... But if it bothers you to hear a sermon like this, if you were hearing them every Sunday, I could see it. But you're not hearing them every Sunday here. Give to other causes as you can. Here's the fourth thing that's given properly. Give willingly and happily. Verse 7, what a great verse. God loves a cheerful not reluctant or under compulsion, a cheerful giver. I like what a guy named Lloyd Carey says, but God takes from grouches too. Because I can just see some of you, well, I'm not cheerful today. I don't need to give. Oh, that's not what he's saying. It's funny. We get our English word hilarious from the Greek word cheerful. New Testament written in Greek. And I heard a preacher, Clayton, is Mary here? I don't see Mary, but Clayton, where we were in seminary, I don't know if you remember this sermon, it's 30-something years ago before I was pastor, and we, we had a pastor, and, and he, he was a good preacher and good pastor, but he was preaching on this, and he said the word cheerful translate to hilarious. And he literally said, so when that offering plate's going around, you ought to be going, ha, 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 ha. And I thought, that can't, can't, can't be right. And I was right, 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 right. The word cheerful literally means prompt. Why do some of you always, I can't get my billfold out when the plate's coming by. Prompt, willing, cheerfully. You love God and you love his causes. Shouldn't be like pulling teeth to give is what he's saying. How do we give properly? It's on God's terms, not mine. A tithe to my church. I give to other causes and ministries as I can. And hopefully I get to the point where I can do it cheerfully and joyfully. Now here's what you need to hear. Great things happen when we give properly. We give properly, great things happen. Do you believe God's Word? Okay, we're going to stick close to it. Number one, you will be taken care of. You'll be taken care of. See, here's the question that new Christians, young Christians, people who struggle financially. Listen, what's funny, you can be making $150,000 a year and struggle financially. We're going to have a two-week sermon series in April on Sunday morning on money. Now, don't panic. Like one point of the whole series is going to be on giving to tithing type. It's going to be on saving and spending. And, and you've got you to be wise with your money, how you earn it, how you spend it. But when you're wise with your money and you're giving as you should, God says he's going to take care of you. Look in verse 8. 
And God is able to make, look, four times he uses the word all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Please hear me. If you tithe and you're generous, God is not going to let one of his children fall off the cliff. He will take care. Do you believe that? See, that's why good people sometimes don't tithe as they they don't trust God enough. God is going to take care of you. Don't raise your hand, but do you believe that, really? It's what it comes down to. Secondly, not only will he take care of you, God promises to bless us. Man, God tr- promises to bless us. Again, verse 6, the point is this. You sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. Sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. That doesn't even need a, a lot of explanation. Look in verse 9. Verse 9, it says, as it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Hey, we give as we should. God's saying, I'm going to bless you. Verse 10 and 11, he who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Listen, God blesses us so we can continue to be a blessing. But isn't this neat? In Malachi 3, God says, test me. Only place he ever says that. Test me. You give as you should. You tithe. You be generous. And I can outgive you. I will bless you. Is your God big or little? Big God can meet your needs and bless you. Listen, Cindy and I, as adults, both of us have been very poor. Not much money, live week to week, and worked hard. We know what it's like. The whole time, and once we were married, and before we were married, I can't speak for her, I can speak for me, but I've tithed, and I've given above the tithe, and I've given to special causes, and I can guarantee you not only will God take care of you, God will bless you. God will bless you. Do you believe that? Do we live like that? No. But God can. Man, God will bless you. What a beautiful, beautiful promise. Here's the third thing. And, man, this gets some real cool territory here. God has used your gifts to have a great impact on others. God will use your giving to impact others in a powerful way. Man, how many of you want to be an impact person? Okay. Run for president. If you get that, you can have some impact. Most of us aren't ever going to get there. Become a movie star. Become a great athlete. Or what? But most of us can't do that. But there are some things we can do. And, and giving our money can make a huge impact. Years ago, an acquaintance of mine in Fort Worth, he was a very intelligent person, but very arrogant, and he had all the answers. And he told me one time, he was a Christian, he goes, well, if people don't tithe, that doesn't affect the church or impact really the work of God. That, that is one of the dumbest statements I have ever heard. When people don't give as they should, eventually you start laying off ministers. You start, some of you are going, that's a good idea. No. You start stopping ministries. You shut buildings down. I, it, you don't hear about it much, but some churches can't pay the light bill. 
They stop construction on buildings. Missionaries come home. Ministries stop. But the flip side of that, when we give as we should, we can impact. Look at verse 12 and 13. For the ministry of this service, giving is a ministry, is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it's overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. By their approval of your service, this ministry, they will glorify God because of your submission. That comes from the confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. You know what he's saying to them? He's saying, look, you give in this special offering, you are going to impact those people in Jerusalem. You're going to feed people who are hungry. You're going to protect people who are being persecuted. You're going to bless them and take care of them. That's never changed. Folks, you have no idea, I have no idea the impact our giving can have. No idea whatsoever. You heard Troy tonight. You give $20, you give $5, you give $100, whatever it is to the Gideons tonight. You have no, we have no idea this side of heaven what may happen with that money. And who may come up to you in heaven someday and go, I'm saved today because on March the 14th, 2018, you gave money. I got a Bible in Moscow or Beijing or wherever, and I would say, won't that be unbelievable? Or you give money to life choices and somebody doesn't have an abortion and you get to heaven and 100 years from now and some kid comes up to you and says, you know what? I, I live because you contributed to this ministry. By the way, I was an evangelist and, and helped lead millions of people to Christ. Wow. And you give money to this church, and we give it all over the world. When you give $10 here, one of that goes out of here. More than that, we give 10% of everything we take to the cooperative program, Southern Baptist Mission Calls. That money goes all over the state, all over America, and all over the world. I'm telling you, you want to impact the world, you pray for it, you go as you can, and you give your money. That's exciting, isn't it? And I'm telling you, we won't know this side of heaven, the impact it's made, but we will know someday. Won't that be a glorious day? You impact lives for eternity. We're building a children's building. I left that out. Help with the children's building. Special offering above the cost. That building is being built not to have a pretty building, but to change lives, young lives for eternity. You've got kids and grandkids that are going to be saved in that building. It's worth the brick and mortar. And lastly, when we give as we should, when we give as we should, God will be glorified by your generosity. God will be glorified. Verse 12, again, this ministry of this service supplies the needs, but it's also overflowing in many thanksgivings to who? To God. Verse 13, by their approval of this service, they will glorify who? They will glorify God. You know, I wondered this afternoon, how does our giving, is your giving and my giving, does it bring shame to God? Does it defame the glory and name of God because it's so little, it's so weak? Or are you doing your part? You know what? I want my giving personally to bring glory to God and honor to God. We hear a lot today in, the, in religious circles, man, we want to glorify and honor God. You glorify and honor God by obeying Him and helping people come to Him. When people get saved, that's when they start praising God and bringing glory to God. And when we give as we should, it not only impacts lives, it brings glory to God. Can you imagine getting to heaven someday and you think, my life didn't matter, and then God pulls out your financial giving. And He goes, you know what? Look what you did. Let me tell you what you did. 
You know how many people praise God and brought glory and honor to me because of your giving? Wow, won't that be awesome? Be awesome. I read a quote today that I really love. It said, the cross, the cross should color, saturate everything we're about. Jesus dying on the cross, walking out of that tomb. Everything in our lives should be different because of that. That includes our giving. And so, see, ultimately, this is spiritual. I don't know this evening. Maybe your struggle is is you don't give as you should because you don't know Christ. And maybe tonight when we stand, you, you need to come and give your life to Jesus. Talk to me at this door after church. But don't leave here without giving your life to Christ. Maybe you'd like to join our church. You're going, not after this sermon. We give a two-week tithe break, so just remember that. Hey, it's part of the gig, but we don't print your giving in the bulletin. Nobody's going to know but you, God, and the financial secretary. But you want to be a part of a church that's trying to do what's right. We're trying. Come and join us now or join us after church. You're a Christian. I know many of you are hitting a home run in this area. Keep it up. In fact, give more for God's glory to reach people. Keep it up. Maybe you're a Christian tonight and you're not giving as you should. What do you need to do? You need to repent. You need to ask God to forgive you. And where you're standing or at the altar, you need to say to God, with your help, God, from this point on, I'm going to jump out of there. I'm going to test you, and I'm going to start giving as I should. Let's stand, and let's respond as God leads us.